And I know y'all like me to have the microphone on, so how does that sound? We good? What is this I got in my hand? Anybody not have a Bible? I mean, you might not have it with you, but anybody not have a Bible? That's the one thing that we never want to hear of somebody that doesn't have a Bible. If you know if anybody doesn't have a Bible, let me know. We'll get them a Bible because the Bible's one of the most important things that we can have in our hands, okay? That's what we're going to talk about tonight is the Bible, how important the Bible is. Last Sunday night, you guys came back and we did a little a study on how to study the Bible. That's so important, how to study the Bible. What this is all about, it's not just a book. It's how important this book is, what it stands for, and how we understand it when we read it. Because the Bible can be very difficult to read sometimes. It can be hard to read, okay? And so we want to think about that. Now, I want to clear something up that I said this morning because Patty and I talked about it at lunch. And she said, maybe that wasn't very clear. When I made the statement this morning, I said, it doesn't matter to me what translation you read the Bible. It doesn't matter what translation you have. Anybody pick up on that? Y'all was going home because that preacher said it doesn't matter what kind of translation I have. Y'all was mad about me about that? Huh? Let me just clear that up. The translation, what I'm referring to about the translation is the English translation that is translated from the biblical text of Hebrew and Greek. If it's a translation that's translated into English, for instance, uh, the New American Standard, the King James Version, the New King James, the NIV, the New Living Translation, the Message Bible. These are all translations from the original Hebrew, the original Greek, okay? Now, there's a difference between a translated Bible that says, we've got a Bible that fits what we believe. You understand what I'm saying? There's other translations where people take a Bible and they make it match what they want it to say. That's not what I was referring to this morning. Y'all got me? Are we clear on that? Okay, I just want to clear that up, thinking that the preacher's gone over the edge, and he's done starting to talk about stuff that he shouldn't be talking about. And, and what I mean by that is because oh, some people read the King James. Nothing wrong with the King James. There's some, some additive things that have been found since the King James was last translated, or last uh, transcribed in 1611. That's why they have the New King James. Okay, nothing wrong with the New King James, nothing wrong with the NIV. If you don't understand the translation that you're reading, you need to be reading a different translation. Okay, and that's where I say when uh, that's what I wanted to make sure you knew when I when I did Hebrew, when I took Hebrew, the Bible translation that was the most the closest to it was what? Which one is the closest to Hebrew? Mm -hmm. I, I thought sure I had told you all that. I study two main Bibles. One is the New American Standard. The other one is the Christian Standard Bible. All right? The New American Standard is the closest translation to the original Hebrew Bible, not the King James. Okay? It's the closest one. But it doesn't matter. As long as you understand the Scripture, that's what, that's what we want to get into. Okay? So, for instance, how many different translations do we have in this congregation right now? All right? How many use the King James? All right? How many use the New King James? You sure do. You use one I have a hard time with. All right, how about the NIV? All right, um, message, New American Standard. Let's do this, all right? Absolutely. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, and I like to do that as well. I Well, let me tell you this. The reason some Bibles are easier to understand we don't speak that. No. 
And so since we don't speak it, it's hard for us to understand. And so that's why you want to get something to understand. Now, let me tell you something. Hebrew is written from right to left, not left to right. It is gapped up. All right? There's no filler words in, in the original Hebrew language. So you don't have the and 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 all these, these words that make it flow. It doesn't flow. So it's hard to read. And so when it's translated from Hebrew or Greek into English, somebody had to do that. They put words in there to help you understand, but they didn't take any words out, okay? But they put words in there to help you understand the flow of the Bible. Otherwise, you couldn't understand it a lot of times. And so that's the difference in the translations is sometimes the wording is a little bit different. But either way, all right, so let's look at this. All right, so, so I want to look at this. I'm going to ask uh, five, six people to look up a verse of Scripture for me, all right? All right, so I want somebody to look up Exodus 4.22. Who will do that? Exodus 4.22. Roy, all right, somebody look up Joshua 24.2. Patty's got that one. All right, First Samuel 10.18. Who's got it? Greg's got it. First Samuel 10.18. Isaiah 10.24. All right, Kathy's got it. Deuteronomy 18, 18 and 19. All right, Faith's got that one. And the last one, Jeremiah 1, 9. All right, got it. All right, so last week, before we studied the Bible, I said this is a Psalm 119, 18 was the phrase that we wanted to start looking at every time we studied the Bible. Open my eyes so that I may contemplate wondrous things from your instruction. That was Psalm 119. So let's think about this. On the Bible. And in just a minute I'm going to ask you guys to read those verses of scripture. So let's look at a couple things about the word of God. About the Bible. The, the holy Bible. God's word. Alright. Let's look at some things. And what I'm going to teach you and talk to you tonight about is the value of the Bible. What it stands for. What it is. How important it is. And all the things. Because when we start... When we have a message on Sunday morning, when we have a message on Sunday night, when we do small groups, when we have Bible study on Wednesday nights or anything, we need to understand the value of what we are reading, okay? All right. It is essential that we understand what we believe about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and the Bible. We need to make sure that we totally understand the Trinity and the Bible, okay? That is the only way we can defend our faith. Now, there's a lot of religion and a lot of religions in the United States, amen? They all have different beliefs, and you don't have to know all of the things that they believe. What you need to understand and what you need to know is what you believe, all right? And that's how you defend it, because there's a lot of different uh, issues with uh, the religions, but we need to know how to defend our faith. Many people today are looking for a religion that matches what they believe and what makes them comfortable. Hey, you understand? Huh? You think about that? People say, uh, I'm going to go to a church that believes like I believe, or I'm going to get me a Bible that, that matches what I believe. But the thing, that's just the opposite of what we need to be doing. We need to be going to a church that is a Bible-believing church and is structured that way. Christian belief should be based on what God says about the subject. That's the bottom line. Christian belief should be based on what God says about the subject that you're talking about. So what does the Bible say on that subject? All right. Now, God's opinion 
of his words, and this is the thing is, God has an opinion about his words and about the Bible and about who wrote the Bible and about the things that are in the Bible. God has an opinion about that. And his opinion about these words is broken down into four different categories. Can you put those up for me, Jason? Four categories. This is the way that these categories are broken down in the Bible. The authority of the Bible is number one. What it stands for. Who's in authority? The God, the Father, is the authority. The Bible is the authority on everything. There's nothing that can be compared to. You can't compare the Bible against anything else. It is the authority on every single subject. Okay. For instance, you can take, you can take this hymnal and check the validity of this hymnal against the Bible. Right? Amen? You can take the Bible and check the validity on the Bible only against the Bible. All right, it's God's God's word. All right, the authority, the clarity, the necessity, and the sufficiency. Now we're going to work through these, and if we don't get through them, we'll finish them next Sunday night. Okay, but I want us to work through them slow. I want you to understand those those things. All right, all of the words in the Bible are God's words. Any question about that? Anybody disagree? But the thing is, how did they get in the Bible? How did they get in the Bible to be God's words? And that's something we'll look at. All the words in the, in the Bible are God's words. Therefore, to disbelieve is to disobey, or to disobey them is to disbelieve or disobey God. Because they're His words. They're the final authority in everything. All right? Now, let's look at these verses of Scripture. Let's look at this. All right, who's got Exodus 4.22? Read that for us. All right, Joshua 24 2. 24 2. Did I give you the wrong one? All right, now we're going to read the rest of them, but I want you to be thinking, what is similar and what is the very similarities in these verses of Scripture? I should have told you that first, all right? 1 Samuel 10, 18. It said to the Israelites, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought Israel out of Egypt and I rescued you from the power of the Egyptians and all the kings that were oppressing you. Isaiah 10, well, that was Isaiah, wasn't it? All right, that was Samuel. Isaiah 10, 24. What translation was that? And that's 10, 24? Okay, all right. We'll keep moving. That one might be a little tricky. Deuteronomy 18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. All right. And then uh, verse 19. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. All right. Jeremiah 1 9. What is the similarities in these verses? Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. And that's a a phrase, that's probably a King James phrase. 
But every one of these verses emphasize that this is God's words. This is God speaking. Every one of these verses is, is emphasizing that. These are my words. These are my words. This Bible is my words. That's what the similarity is there. All right. Thus says the Lord. This phrase is understood to be a, like a command from a king, which means that everything that follows was to be obeyed and responded to 100%. There was no discussion. There was no question. It was supposed to be a, 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 without question or without challenge. All right? So Paul makes it clear when he writes 2 Timothy 3.16, when he says all Scripture is what? Is God breathed. All scriptures God breathe. It's useful for teaching. It's useful for correcting. It's all God breathe. That's what that's what Paul's saying when he's talking intensely. The Bible says there are many ways in which the actual words of the Bible were written. Many ways that the words of the Bible. This is what's in this is what when you're studying the Bible, this is what's really cool. All right. Hebrews one one says this long ago God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. And if you've been with me this year. This past year, I preached that passage before. Remember that? Anybody? No? Y'all don't remember what I preached last week, right? God spoke to different fathers, to different people at different times in different ways. Let's just think. We're going to look at some things here. And I got some things I wanted you to really be thinking about on this right here. Sometimes God spoke directly to the author who simply recorded what he heard from God. All right? At other times, the author based much of the writings on the interviews and research they had taken care of, that had seen, such as uh, Luke. Dr. Luke recorded a lot of things that he saw, all right? All right? So, and, and yet at other times, the Holy Spirit brought to mind things that Jesus had taught them. What did Jesus tell the disciples? The Holy Spirit's going to do what? He's going to come to you because he's going to remind you of the things that I have taught you. He's going to bring back. He's going to, you're going to, there's going to be so much that's happening, so much you're going to need to know that he's going to bring things back to you that I taught you, that I showed you. All right. So these are different times. Regardless of the way that the words came to the authors, the words that they put down are extensions of themselves. Because you see, sometimes you see the prophets, the things that they wrote down were extensions of themselves, what they were dealing with. When you look at the life of Abraham, when you look at the life of Moses, uh, the different people in there, they were extensions of themselves, even though Abraham didn't write anything. But still, what I'm trying to tell you is it was their personalities, it was their skills, their backgrounds and training, but they were exactly the words that God wanted them to write. Whether it was Dr. Luke writing about something he saw or about uh, the prophets writing things that they had had a vision, or about things that they saw, it was exactly what God wanted them to put down through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, through, though every word in the Bible was written by a human person, the words are more than merely human writings. They are the very words of God himself, and the very word that God claims to be his own. Now, let's think of that. As, who wrote the first five books of the Bible? Moses. Was Moses around when Adam and Eve were walking through the garden with God? No. Was he around when God created the heavens and the earth? No. Was, was Moses around when Abraham was walking? When he was talking with, with uh, Sarah? Was Mo- Moses wasn't around when none of that. 
All right? So, but, so, but yet he, Moses didn't come on the scene until Exodus when he's born, and he's certainly not writing any things when he's born. So there's a time period that passes by, but he wasn't there. So he, all this was either something that had came down, was inspired by the Holy Spirit, or something that he knew. All right? Now, the, the very words of God. If God claims that the words of Scripture are his own, then there's ultimately no higher authority that can, we can appeal to for proof or claim that the Scripture is not what it says it is. All right, Scripture ultimately gains its authority from itself. And that's what I had just shared with you. All right, But the claims of Scripture only become our personal convictions through the work of the Holy Spirit in the individual hearts. Which means you won't understand the words of the Bible if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your heart. And that's what it basically means. You can read it. Uh, atheists can read the Bible. And what they give you is an interpretation of what they think it said. But they can't, they, don't, they can't understand what it says without the Holy Spirit. You cannot understand the truth found in the Scripture without the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. All right? All right. You can read it and then give it your opinion about it, uh, which is what I just told you with the atheists. But they will not understand it or comprehend it without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't change the words of Scripture in any way. When you read it, the Holy Spirit doesn't do anything to the Scripture. What does the Holy Spirit do? Who does it change? It changes the person reading it. That's what it does, okay? So the Holy Spirit's not doing anything to the words that are in the Bible. It's not doing anything to God's Word. What it's doing is changing the person that's reading it so that they understand the truth that is found in the Bible, all right? Now, John ten twenty seven. this is when the Holy Spirit helps us understand it. John 10, 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and what does Jesus say? They follow who? Follow me. I, hear, I know them, they know me, and they follow me. All right? This is, this is us changing to what we understand through the power of the Holy Spirit. As God's very words, the words of Scripture are more than simply true. They are truth itself. All right? They're not just true, they are the truths. And that's what we talked about this morning. The truth is meant to be passed on to generation to generation. That's what the, the inspired Word of God is. All right? Jesus said this in uh, John 17, 17. He t- he's talking about this, talking about the disciples. He said, sanctify them by the what? Truth. The, your Word is truth. All right? they, are the, they are the final measure by which everything is supposed to be gauged all right, in the Bible. Therefore... That which conforms to the Scripture is true. That's what doesn't. Therefore, everything that conforms to the Scripture is true. If it doesn't conform to, to Scripture, it's what? It's not true. It's false. And that's what we talked about this morning, all right? Truth and the false, all right? That which conforms to Scripture is true. The Bible was written by ordinary men with ordinary language and an ordinary style. The Bible does not, in its original form, affirm anything that's contrary to fact that's written in the Bible. The Bible does not contradict itself. All right? If the Bible does affirm something contrary to fact, then it cannot be trusted. If the Bible cannot be trusted, then God himself cannot be trusted. To believe that the Bible affirms something false would be to disbelieve God himself. To disbelieve God himself is to place yourself in a higher authority with a deeper and more developed understanding of a topic or topics than God himself. Can you imagine anyone thinking that? Yes or no? And you, can you imagine that you could know more than God knows? 
Can you imagine that, that God must be wrong? Do you, believe, do you believe that there's people this day and this time in this country that are saying, we need to change this because it's, it's obviously not right for the years you've been reading it and it's, all, it's been wrong all this time? Y'all heard that? Y'all watch the news? It's wrong. The Bible's been wrong. For thousands of years you've been reading this Bible, but it's wrong. We need to do something different. It, 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 it steps on too many toes. We've got to make sure we get that cleared up, all right? All right. We are to seek to trust the words of Scripture, for in doing so, we are seeking to trust God himself. We are to seek and obey the words of Scripture, because in doing so, we are seeking to obey God himself. Am I losing y'all tonight? It's some deep stuff, and I, 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 I apologize if it's a little deep, but this is some really good stuff, and I want you to understand what we're talking about here, all right? Are you all okay? All right. Miss Jerry said she's okay. As long as, I, as long as I don't forget to announce the WMU meeting, I will be okay. All right? I about got in trouble this morning for that. All right. So let's look at this. Let's look at the clarity of Scripture, all right? Clarity is an important word, all right? Clarity of Scripture, that's the second thing, is how clear is the Scripture, all right? How clear is the clarity of Scripture? As we read Scripture and we seek to understand it and to obey it, we discover that some passages are easier to understand than others. Some are very difficult. Sometimes the Bible is, is tough. But you know what? That's why it's called study it. That's why it's called meditate on it. That's why it's called have small group study. That's why it's called sit with somebody who's a, a not, I'm not saying knows more than you do, but somebody that has been in the Bible studying a little longer because there's different ways to study the Bible. Sometimes scripture is very hard. When I sit down to read it, I've studied a long time, and sometimes I'm wondering, what in the world is that, is that trying to say? What is God trying to, to get across? But it's part, if you take the, the format, that we used last Sunday night, and you look at the scripture and you lay it out, then a lot of times you get the answers that you're looking for. Sometimes it's hard. Second Peter three sixteen says this: There are some matters that are hard to understand in life itself. Y'all ever run into anything that was hard to understand? Yeah. You want to share any of that? Statistics. Huh? Statistics. Statistics. I could say that. Did you call William? William does this. No. All right. What else? What's hard? Huh? Hard to understand? Maybe we should move on. <clears throat> She's not watching online, is she? My goodness. Things are hard to understand. Man, it's sometimes it's hard, you know, when, when you lose somebody. Or, or a relationship doesn't work out. You say, it's hard to understand certain things. Scripture is hard to understand as well. You don't need to have an advanced degree to understand the teachings of Scripture. You don't have to have a seminary degree. You, all you have to do is read the Bible, study the Bible, meditate on it, and, and look for those things that to help you with it. All right? All right. Right understanding of Scripture requires time. It requires effort. It requires help of the Holy Spirit. And it requires obedience. Christians need to put in the time, the effort, and rightly understand the Bible. Psalm 1-2 says this, We are to delight in it and meditate on it how often? Day and night. That's what it says, day and night. It doesn't say five days a week, take two, two days off, like I said last week. But even though I gave you a plan for that, 
It says we should delight in it, meditate on it, day and night. Not that you can't do other things, but it has to be part of your daily life, okay? Understand the scripture doesn't come at once, but it can increase over a lifetime. It doesn't uh, just take time. It takes effort, all right? If Christians are, and they want to understand the Bible well, they need to put in the time, the effort to do the reading in, in the translation that they can understand, listening to biblical sermons. You know, this is important. You've got to listen to biblical sermons, right? You need to be in church on Sunday morning. You've got to listen to biblical sermons. Or you just need to listen to them at line, on, on home. It doesn't matter. But reading books and commentaries about the Bible. Do y'all have anything that you study other than the Bible? Yes or no? Any books or anything that you study other than the Bible? Huh? Commentaries. commentaries. Does anybody have a commentary in here? Okay. That's right. So commentaries are good. They help you understand it. All right. Study Bibles are good. All right. So so when when deacons are ordained, we give them a Bible. All right. That was not just a regular Bible. What was it, Roy? It's a study Bible. He got a regular Bible. I want him something he can study, something he can meditate on it. All right. Same thing with 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 the. The graduates, we gave them regular Bibles, but, but certainly somebody needs to get into the Word. Teachers need a study Bible. You need something to help you, all right? You need to be reading books, commentaries about the Bible. But here's another thing, is don't, don't anchor in on any book that is not anchored into the Bible, okay? Do your research on the authors, and, and this is something William does diligently. Before he brings something out on Wednesday night, and he calls me, he texts me, what do you think about this guy? I do some quick research on him. Patty does research on him. Either if I don't know him, you know, we'll do a background check on him. Uh, not to see if he's a criminal, but just to make sure that, that he's on the up and up. But it's, to, it's before anything comes before you. It's got to be something that's valid that, that banks on the Bible. You know, Tony Evans, you can't go wrong with Tony Evans. All right, And this guy that we're doing on Wednesday night is jam up. If you haven't come on Wednesday night, you need to, to come to hear him on Wednesday nights. All right? Now, fellow believers, all right, uh, you've you got to uh, get into a small group. You need to be investing with someone that, that wants to invest in you. These are important issues. We do not arrive at an understanding of God's word on our own. Luke 24, 45 says this, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. That's what Dr. Luke's talking about. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. The Holy Spirit opened their minds. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this, But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit, because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it, since it is uh, only evaluated spiritually. And that's what I told you. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in you... Now, this is a thing... Young people, that's a different issue. As they're growing in the faith, as they're learning Bible stories, that's a different issue. But when you take a full-grown adult who reads the Scriptures, they won't fully comprehend what God's Word says if they don't have the Holy Spirit inside of them. For the things of God are spiritually discerned. John fourteen twenty six. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things... And remind you everything that I have told you. You think, three years of walking with Jesus, and I'm going to remember everything he taught me, right? 
three years of schooling. Do you remember everything you learned in three years of schooling? Huh, Tyler? You sleeping? <laughs> no, you're not going to remember it all. You got to have some reflection back. I know Amanda remembers everything, though, right? Hmm. Lord, PA school was difficult for me, that's for sure. John 14, 26. We're going to remember everything, all right? Like the disciples of Jesus, we need the help of the Holy Spirit to teach us all things. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 says this. Now we have received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand and has been freely given to us by God. All right? The Holy Spirit is given to us so that we might rightly understand the things freely given to us by God. A right understanding of Scripture is often more a result of spiritual conditioning rather than reading ability. Doesn't matter how good you can read, it's all about experience in reading, okay? So a right understanding may be the fact that you spend more time in God's Word, that you've spent more years in God's Word, and that helps you to understand it, all right? Disobeying God can hinder our fellowship with, through the, with the Holy Spirit. Obeying God can deepen our fellowship with the Holy Spirit and our understanding of God and His Word. The Holy Spirit helps us understand and obey the Bible. Our obedience increases our fellowship with the Holy Spirit and our understanding of the Bible. Any questions? Yes? Are y'all totally confused? Huh? It's quite, I just want did you learn anything about the Bible tonight? No? Yes. A little bit? Help me out. Because I won't do the rest of it. You don't tell me. I'm going to save the second, the second two for us for next Sunday night because it's almost a quarter to you. I don't want us to get our business meeting in here tonight as well. But just ponder over that. And we, I got a little bit more that we're going to do as far as in that session. Oh. And we'll do it next. We can't do it next Sunday night because that's third Sunday in it. We'll do it two nights, two Sundays from now. Okay? All right? All right. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to open up our business meeting tonight. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the blessings you give us each day. And God, I'm especially thankful for those that came back tonight to study your word. God, to look at the Bible, to understand more fully of what the Bible is. God, that it is your inspired word, and it's useful for teaching. It's useful for correcting. And God, it is your words, and your, it explains to us your character and what, you, what it means to, for us to be Christians. And God, I thank you for that. And Father, as we go into our time of, of our business meeting, God, I just pray that you would bless it and bless it uh, so that we are productive for you. And God, that everything we say and everything we do is pleasing to you. These things I ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. All right.